This episode of Harmonious Gentlemen is brought to you by Blind Man Brewing, makers of craft beer in central Alberta. Say hi to Hans. He used to play volleyball. Harmonious Gentlemen. It's season two, episode two of the Harmonious Gentlemen. We're recording in beautiful Lacombe, Alberta, the southeast corner. My name's Chris. And I'm Tyler. And I'm Graham. And we are the Harmonious Gentlemen. That's true. We are. When we're together. When we're together. Yeah. Yeah. It all falls apart when we're apart. That's true. So um, just I want to say that I thought last episode was really fun and I've had lots of awesome conversations with people about it. And that's kind of what I like about this. So if I've talked to you, awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Yeah. And uh, we've actually gotten some email listener feedback via email. And uh, yeah, we're just going to give a shout out to Karina Van Nieuwenhuis for sending us a lengthy and uh, thoughtful email just in response to our previous episode. Um, I mean, it's clear that she's a fan of most of the show. Nice. Um, and she says some really cool things about public versus private education. Yeah. Um, her experience is teaching in a private Christian school. And she even gave us a little confession. Really? Um, but I, do, I don't think I can read it oh. Read it here. Um, okay. We kind of have to discredit her whole email because at the very end, she said she really hated my recommendation. So <laughs> oh. out of spite, yeah. I am not <laughs> going to read it. We are I'm deleting this segment. <laughs> more of a fan of her than ever at this point. So thank you for writing. Yeah, feel free to write. I think that's great. Yeah. Also feel like since episode one in season two, we've upped our game a little with some new equipment. Yeah, no one can see it and you probably can't even hear it, but we bought a cool new little input system and I'm wearing some giant goofy headphones. It's true. I can confirm. And yeah. it feels legit. Yeah. Chris has like a little fly swatter thing in front of his mic. <laughs> it's preventing me from popping my peas. Uh, that's true. And we don't have one, so we have to not use the letter P tonight. Oh, I just did. Uh-oh. Oh, shoot. Yeah. So guys, we should dive in. We have a, uh, just a really great topic tonight. Um, we're going to talk about, um, well, I guess sort of evolution in schools and we work at a Christian school and there's all kinds of uh, talk about that. And I've had some good uh, friends and family who've mentioned that we should talk about that on a podcast. But first, we should recommend some stuff. Sure. I have some stuff to recommend. Well, yeah. then let's do a segment. Oh, good idea. Okay. Well, it is time to recommend things, and I'm excited to talk about Blind Man Brewing. It Just this last weekend was their third anniversary party. Third birthday party? I guess. Yeah. yeah. So three years since they've started, and what a success they've been. It's pretty sweet that they're local. We're actually broadcasting from only a few blocks away from Blind Man. Right. And they had a delicious Belgian birthday ale mm-hmm. that everybody enjoyed this weekend, and it was a, a big hit. Yeah, I took my wife. We went there for a bit and got some some samples. And uh, they had too many beers, though. Like, I didn't know what to do. I stood there for a while in line, and yeah. my wife just chose for me. But it was good. Yeah. yeah, I took my whole family there, and we froze our uh, tails off. But uh, we were able to put a couple of beers down, so it was good. They Yikes. do almost everything but control the weather, blind men. No kidding. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. They're probably working on that, though, for their fourth birthday anniversary they've special. done amazing things so far yeah <laughs> yeah it has a great place to hang out um my recommendation is uh saparo ichiban 
um, a ramen noodle, if you will, um, <laughs> a delicacy uh, in, in my yeah. home. And uh, you know what, guys? I, I have to say, um, I haven't eaten this stuff since college. It was like totally just part of the, the daily food, well, in the evenings. And just one day I grabbed them from the grocery store and cooked it up that night. And man, I tell you. So can you eat a whole package? Yeah, I don't use the whole pack, like the flavor pack, though. I can't do it. This particular brand is like 90% of your daily sodium intake if you do the whole <laughs> thing. So I figure if I do half the pack. So in the, the brand, it's got the red piping on the outside yeah. and white package. Yeah, yeah you got it. Yeah. What, what yeah. flavor do you like? Oh, I don't care. Yeah. Well, I, if it's the, the red one, it's just... There's a hot one I think I tried. I actually right. tried like four different brands after I got hooked. Look, I'll talk about it again later. All I can say is my recommendation is... Soparo Ichiban or any kind of Ichiban, just throw it in a pot, eat it, and just love life. Okay. Right. Just point of order: Is Ichiban the name of the style of noodle, or is that like the place? It's a brand, I think. Is it a brand? I think so. Yeah. Is Sapporo? Obviously, I'm not an city? expert. Sapporo. We will receive feedback <laughs> gladly yeah. on this. Look, I put as much effort into learning about what they are as I do cooking. You have like it's it. seriously, yeah, right. Delicious recommend Sapporo with Japan. I'll probably yeah. eat some when I get home. Please. It pairs nicely with an episode of Maniac on Netflix. So go for it. Nice. Well, that's yeah. kind of a sneaky two for one recommendation. Sorry. There. Sorry. Yeah. That's all right. I need to come in and just redeem myself after my last recommendation, mm-hmm. supposedly. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm going to go with a podcast. Oh. Um, it's cool. called Crime Town. Have you guys heard it? Just Is that curious. the mafia one? Yeah, yeah, so it's season one was uh, last year, and it was about organized crime, um, and specifically in uh, the city of Providence in Rhode Island. And yeah, like it was last season was really good, and I just started season two today, actually. And uh, yeah, it's, it seems pretty good so far too. So crime so it's serialized, town. like uh, those seasons are the same story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a whole whole season of one story, but. Um, with a whole bunch of subplots and different characters that kind of come in and out episode to episode. But is it written cool. like, um, like uh, fictitiously or? No, it's it's true with like interviews and and kind of snippets. But from, it's told as a story, kind but of. But it's yeah, it's good storytelling and hmm. yeah, current little, like, like is c- it? serial maybe like just sort of yeah similar. But I, I chose this one because it's maybe lesser known than, yeah uh, than serial. But is the icon for it like green? It's like, got like a tentacles or something yeah kind of like a cartoon cityscape with green tentacles okay. wrapping around it cool whoa nice that's, that's cool. crime you, town tyler you've redeemed yourself i love a new podcast and uh yeah but i do I'm, listen I'm a, to it at like five yeah, so. <laughs> yeah whatever. It's all right true. thanks guys so um we are gonna talk a little bit about i mean the topic is broad we might actually do this in a couple episodes it'd be really cool to talk about it tonight and then maybe people could email their thoughts and we could respond to that yeah that'd be really neat and i would love to do that so um harmonious gentleman at gmail.com but uh let's get into it we'll talk about some evolution do the evolution biological evolution can we call it creation why don't we call it um creation evolution talk this is ding, bad. Ding, ding. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do this. All right. So at Harmonious Gentlemen, it's our goal to model civil discourse and kind of target some, some issues that are divisive in our society 
and hopefully just explore a new way of talking about those things. Um, and I think this topic yeah. of evolution can be one of those topics, in, especially in the Christian community. So, I don't know, maybe one way we could start is by just hearing where you guys, um, how you guys learned about it growing up, um, and then kind of just go from there and see if we can talk about it in a way that is, I guess, harmonious. Mm-hmm. I got really into this topic in high school, and I have been into it ever since. Um, because we weren't really a, a church-going family until my teen years. And so then when my family started going and I sort of, I don't know if I was a Christian yet, but I was in that realm. And my mom kind of introduced me to um, sort of, I think, a Ken Ham book, which was kind of a young earth creationist. And and the angle was like, you know, I don't know what you're learning in school, but like, this is this is the truth sort of thing. And I remember like, I felt like my eyes were being opened at that point. And I thought like, wow, like what we're being taught is not true. And I found the arguments really convincing, and I and I really kind of um, absorbed that, and kind of um, was see- seeking it out and stuff. And it kind of inspired me to go to university, like UBC, or you know, not not a Christian university, and actually kind of see how it's presented, and sort of be armed and arm myself mm. for that. And 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 I'm going to show them, you know, and I'm going to see where their lies are. And that's kind of where I was at when I was a teenager. Wow. I don't know. Well, even right there, the way it's set up is like that. There is. Two sides. Right. Right. Like, right from the get go. That's what I thought. Yeah. 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 I liked how you, how you started this conversation, Tyler. And I, I think that sometimes just the, the topic is a non-starter. Like people are already in one camp or another and right. you can't really talk about it. So I have similar experience to Graham in that I wanted to be a defender of the faith. And, mm-hmm. and part of that was to defend six day young earth creation, um, meaning like, yeah, I guess maybe we should define a few of these things, but young earth being like the earth is only as old as the Bible seems to claim it is in Genesis. And if you use the chronology, I think genealogies of Christ, you get to like Adam being about 6,000 years ago. Mm -hmm. And if God created Adam and Eve, then, and the earth, he did it right at that time, six days before he created Adam and Eve or five or whatever. And so 6,000 years later, we're here. Yeah, 6,000 yeah. later, we're here. And so everything, like the science needs to fit into that story. Right. And I, right. there was a different Ken, his name's Kent, or Kent, maybe Kent Hovind, who has a kind of a theory of everything that explains, and some of it's kind of compelling, actually, how, um, yeah, dinosaurs fit into that picture, how things grew bigger at certain times, what the flood did, and how that caused some of the stuff to change. And leaves massive gaps in things. But, right. you know, I it, I thought it was really compelling as a whatever, young guy. Ty, how about you? Did you did you care about the topic? Were you... Well, I was pretty... I mean, like, when I was really young, I just kind of believed whatever I was told, right? So, like, if I was in uh, Sunday school or something and we were learning about Genesis, I would just kind of take it as literal. But then mm-hmm. if I was in a science class and we talked about the age of the earth being older than a literal literal transition translation of of Genesis, then I didn't really question that either. I didn't really try to mm. like reconcile the two. I kind of just took each as its own, and then yeah. I mean, I, and not way, seeing that there was an issue with both. Like, well, I just didn't at, when I was younger. I didn't really think about it. Okay, and then when when I did start to realize that there's a conflict there, like I guess, and the, the, when I use the word conflict, conflict yeah. like I, I guess like a tension. Yeah. between a literal translation of Genesis and um, like deep time evolution. Um, then I, like I didn't, 
feel like I had been lied to by either side or I didn't feel like it was a big conflict, but um, I guess I'm kind of where I started, where it's like I realize that there's tension there. Yeah, so speaking of that tension, like some people would maybe describe it as a dichotomy. If you believe this, you can't believe that. If you agree with this, then this can't be true. And um, part of that has comes down to, I think, the literal interpretation of things. And I've even heard people say, well, if you don't believe in the little, literal interpretation of the creation story, what other parts of the Bible don't you believe? Right. I don't know if you've heard that or if oh, you've been faced that. with that. For sure, yeah. Right. Yeah, and I don't, I don't agree with that. Over time, in discussions with people who know a lot more than me, I've, you know, and Tyler, we talked about this the other day about um, interpretations of the Bible. They're all different books. They're all different authors. They're all different eras. Like, they're different books. And why is it, you know, so out? I don't know. Why is it so dangerous to think of them maybe as being different, different contexts? I don't know. Um, Right, and I, I sometimes think about well, the literal interpretation of the Bible. What about the literal interpretation of creation? Right, like yeah. if we're if we're if we're studying creation and we're finding things, like there's I I see that there's value there too. Like I so we we yeah. can try to reconcile um, the text and and creation, um, and that's going to be a tough job, but it doesn't need to freak us out, kind of in my mind. Yeah. Well, last year, I, I hope I get this right, but we went to a session at a convention, and what did he say? He said that God speaks to us through the Bible and through creation, yeah. right. and we interpret both, and if those interpretations don't go together, then it's not the Bible or creation's fault, it's our interpretation's problem. Right. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, the, that's the problem. Like we're, and a nice a, way of saying it, yeah. And it makes total sense, and it should be harmonious. It should fit. Yeah. Right. And if it doesn't fit, you, you yeah. Either, either, either one could be. So I guess maybe, maybe the science could be misinterpreting, right? You could also right. say the other side, yeah. right? Right. And I think that's if it's not lining up, like because they're both God's truth. If we're not seeing uh, the harmony there, then I think the problem is with us. Yeah. Right. Like not with His truth in the Bible or His truth through creation. And then what often happens is you try to mash that uh, scientific facts into a story that just don't fit. So that you're you're trying to make it harmonious, and it it comes off even sillier, maybe or or goofier than it, it should. I guess. Right. Well, there's 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 um, I think I've talked to people who think that uh, believe that dinosaurs existed alongside people in the Bible. Right. You know, stories that you know geologists would just there's just no there's nothing to show that, and yet that's how you try and negotiate those two things, right? Yeah. Or yeah. even I, you know, I've talked to somebody who thinks that God. Or maybe Satan planted bones in the his, the record, yeah, to to deceive people, right. like as if the the even trusting the physical isn't isn't possible because there's well, tricks or traps there. Dinosaurs are, I think, a real issue for some people. It's really hard to to, to fit those into a six thousand year old Earth narrative. It really right. is. Yeah, right. yeah. So if you were having this discussion with somebody. Where where would you start? Like, what would you would you try to find common ground that you agree with first, and maybe what would that look like? Yeah, good question. Well, one one thing uh, I have had this discussion with uh, some people, and we've we've been on kind of opposing sides, and um, 
I guess maybe when I say opposing sides, I'm fairly like, I like playing devil's advocate and I like, um, kind of playing for both, both sides a little bit, but we, I like starting it by asking, is this a salvation issue, right? Like, is this something that like, if we, in the end of this conversation, can't like, um, agree on, like, mm-hmm. is that like, what's, what's that? What does that mean? To, yeah. To is it, like, yeah. But, and do you guys think it's fundamental to the faith? Well, I, on this specific issue of evolution versus like young earth creation, I guess, versus like a, a longer timeline, I don't see it as a salvation issue. I do understand how some people could extrapolate from mm-hmm. like some of the things I was you hoping said. to get to use that word, but nice. Yeah. yeah I still, he wrote it on his hand earlier. No, he <laughs> got it out there. No, but like, but okay. So old earth, young earth, that's one thing, but then evolution is another thing altogether. Right. Where, you know, strictly speaking, evolutionary theory says that we evolved from a common ancestor. Um, and that's very different than an idea of man and woman being created, um, just created as they are, as they are. So that, that gets closer to a salvation issue, I think, for some people. Especially if you're talking about like, so when, how does original sin fit in there? Yes. When do we start becoming image bearers? When are we um, kind of imprinted with, yeah, whatever, the breath of God or whatever you want to call it? At one point in the evolutionary model, is that kind of entering the picture somehow? Yeah. Then maybe those things can ex- be extrapolated, right? To, right. to have yeah. more serious, long-lasting consequences. That's so there possible. is more. There, there's more than one issue here going on in this conversation. There's a lot of different ways to look at it. Like if we're just talking right. about the age of the earth, yeah. it's a little least easier, I think. Yeah, an inerrancy of the Bible, right? Like yeah, if, you know, yeah. Like that. So right now, like, do you feel tension talking about this? Is this fun? Is this uncomfortable? Yeah, I, I I I love talking about this. Like I when my um my brother in law he he's one of the guys that said you should talk about this and I was I was thinking, yes, I can't wait. Yeah. But it is tricky. Like it is tricky when, you know, there are people at Christian schools that believe different things. And when it comes down to it, I teach science and it's like I need to teach, you know, in, in a science classroom this, that, and I do I feel attention sometimes for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I kind of like it. Like I love, I like yeah. talking about it. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't seek to offend or anything like that. Um, but I just want to make sure we do it properly. Like I like, like talking with you guys, but we all kind of agree. Right. We're not going to have a big fight. Maybe. Huh? <laughs> just wait till the next segment. Yeah. <laughs> well, stay tuned. So Graham, you mentioned, uh, being a science teacher in a Christian school. Yeah. And uh, that kind of just reminded me of something I've been thinking a lot about lately. And that's that in, when it comes to these kinds of issues, people put scientists kind of at odds with uh, theologians. Yeah. And lately I've been thinking that scientists are on equal playing field with theologians Mm -hmm. Um, in that, like when the way we understand theologian is someone who, who, dissects the Bible and tries to interpret um, God's truth from it. Um, whereas a scientist is doing, in my mind, the same thing with creation. Right. Which, um, if we're talking about God's word being revealed to us in two equal books, creation and the and the Bible, then I guess I've just, when I hear people even unintentionally put science at odds with, with Christianity, mm-hmm. I... I don't know. I, I just feel like we can harmonize that, but in society, that's definitely not the norm. 
Um, but you guys were talking also earlier about how you had kind of a change of heart or a or turnaround at some point in your life when it came to your beliefs about this stuff. Do you want to talk more about that, how that came about? Yeah, uh, I think that's a good question. And I feel like it's a process whenever you're learning about anything or you're interested in something and you're faced with new evidence or new ideas or you talk to somebody and then they say something that either intrigues you or maybe baffles you or confuses you and you wonder, how does that fit in with what I thought about it? And I've just had experiences like that probably over the last 20 years where I'd go hear a speaker um, and then be kind of, oh, that that's interesting. I hadn't thought of that before. Read up on geological evidence or or whatever it was. And yeah, that just brought new questions that made me want to learn a little bit more about it. And I almost was resistant to that path a little bit too. Like I knew what I wanted to believe. At one time I believed it, then I wanted to believe it, but I didn't feel like I could because there were things that I that yeah. didn't seem to fit. And I guess maybe more slowly was convinced the earth is a lot older than 6,000 years. And if there's time, then evolution mm -hmm. could be carried out Yeah, over that time. I heard a speaker on the weekend who said, What's the problem with evolution? God speaks to the earth and the earth creates. And I thought that was such a cool way to right to frame it. Yeah. I mean evolution as a as a concept like it's pretty beautiful, like it's pretty amazing, astounding when we learn about um symbiosis in grade 9 and uh the di intricate relationships between different species in nature and some of them are just mind-boggling. Like you can't even mm -hmm. understand how they've developed over time and then you can learn about how it could and it's it's, it's beautiful it's awesome um i'm same as you chris like same thing it was a long process where i kind of jumped back and forth and it was really hard to come to a place where i thought you know what like maybe a lot of what i used to really believe strongly just isn't true or i didn't think it was anymore um and i was going to mention earlier like the, so there's there's been bits of evidence like you say geological and and along the way, there's been a few key moments where something really compelling has come along and I've read it and heard it and thought, man, that is really amazing and hard to, and, um, the one we learned last year, and I, I might mess this up a little bit for the podcast, but basically, um, the example that was given and uh, talked about was, uh, about our genes and our DNA. And, uh, most animals are able to, uh, basically assemble their own vitamin C. We are not. Do you guys drink your orange juice today? Mm. I took a supplement. Okay, that counts. That counts, <laughs> sort of. But anyway, humans cannot synthesize their own vitamin C, so we need to consume it. Um, most animals can. However, we do have the gene, the recognized gene for finishing. There's a series of genes, but for finishing um, vitamin C synthesis, we have it, um, or almost have it, but there are just some deletions along the code, which is very long. Um, but they looked at the deletions and exactly where they happened, and... Um, they can actually see that there's other animals that have the same problems with vitamin C. Oh, which um, animals are those? Well, those animals are, are the <laughs> ones that are uh, basically closely related to us on an evolutionary tree. And they have the exact same deletions, which, you know, if that were random, uh, it, it's impossible for that to be random, basically. And that was hard for me to, to, you know, like, how do you explain that? I mean, you know, Tyler, what was your response earlier? Well, <laughs> I said couldn't, like... God just made it that way. Sure. Yeah. Like he just he just decided to but do it that way. But it's hard to tell a scientist so that, right? Like a scientist, I don't want them to have that as an answer. I want them to think like, well, I want to know why. Right. Yeah. So. I think actually, is it like, do I think it's possible that God could have made everything 
exactly as it is now. Yeah, like that is, mm-hmm. yeah, he's capable of that, I guess. Is, yeah. Of course. Like, actually, in, evolution is a more intricate, detailed, and difficult impressive way, to, impressive powerful, way yeah. to get things the way they are now. Yeah. If it took <laughs> 13.5 billion years for that to happen. Allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly. <laughs> and what, what did one student asked me the other day that we talked about um, stars, how far away they are. And how that you're looking back in time when you see a star because it's potentially billions of years of light traveled through space to your eyeball. Um, so you're looking back in time, which is really just amazing. But, you know, um, how long did it take that light to get to your eye? And, you know, God could have made it just boom, it's, it's already there. Yeah. Right. Or it took that long to get here, you know. I guess two ways to look at it. But yeah, so just over the years, I just came to sort of realize that, yeah, I, I do believe the earth is much older than, than I used to. And, I think that a lot of evidence backs that up um, for sure. Yeah. So Tyler, when you said like if scientists are truth seekers and they're trying to explore creation, they might not give credit all of them because there's lots of non-Christian scientists. Um, but there are also stories of scientists exploring either astronomy or biology or genetics who come to a realization that this has to be planned. Like this right. is too beautifully intricate to be an accident. And it gives credit to a creator. And maybe they haven't figured that out or come to terms exactly with what that looks like. But I think there's also something to be said for the grandeur that you see in creation. Right. And when people explore it from the angle of, a, of science, there's, they want to ascribe that to an author. That, that would make sense. Right. And I think an obstacle for a lot of people is just, just that word science. I think like kind of what I was started this segment with, like there's just a, kind of a stigma or like some kind of a stubbornness to, to allow those uh, compelling arguments to, yeah, like you said, both of you guys mentioned how there was a series of compelling arguments mm-hmm. basically, right. That you allowed to, uh, you, you thought about, you didn't resist or maybe you resisted. Yeah, I, did. I think I did resist actually. But then like allowing yourself to think and consider and, and just uh, kind of have an open mind. I think that's kind of key. Right. But I mean, there's, you know, but at the same time, there's people that I've talked to and love and appreciate who might say that they had an open mind to and came to the other conclusion, right? Absolutely. Right. right. Yeah. And that's fair. Um, It just so happened that I was convinced of the one way I really very solidly actually, you know. And I would even like, there'd be a disclaimer for me that nothing ever made me question whether God was involved in the process. I never, ever thought, well... If it's um, if it's old, then it can't be God. Or if it's a slow process of change, it must not be God. I've never ever thought that. That right. I, I've <laughs> always believed in the beginning, God. But my in the beginning right. is farther back, I guess. Well, and and you know, science is not meant to and can never prove or disprove God. They're not. You, that's not what it's for. Some people think it is what it's for. What it's trying to do. It's not. It's never. You know, sometimes science has like shown that maybe religious beliefs were incorrect. The earth being the center of the universe, for example, was something that the church believed and had to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, or having corners or... Sure. Or there's been a few things over the years. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think there's some things around this topic that even remain a bit unsettled. Like, for example, I mentioned I believe in evolution. That's probably the first time I've used those words tonight. So, really? Yeah. Hmm. Like in that order? 
in in that order. <laughs> I've said all of those words. Yeah. <laughs> Never in one sentence in that order. Really, eh? And so um, even saying that is a little bit unsettling because I know what it might mean when certain people hear me say that. Yeah. Um, and there's parts of the whole discussion that I have a lot of questions about. Certainly don't pretend to be an expert on anything. I love talking about it. I think it's fun to to think about. But for example, I wonder in if this is true, how does original sin enter as a concept into this construct? Like I have big right. questions about that. I'm sure we yeah. have a listener out there who could uh, email that answer to us. So that would be great. Get at it. Get at it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good question. And I've had all kinds of talks with people about that and, and there's fantastical theories and there's, you know, um, interesting theories and yeah, I, I, I don't really actually have a good answer for that. Um, mm. I think there are some really great ideas out there. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll talk about those another time mm-hmm. because it's, yeah. But if we're ending kind of on questions, what would be some things that you would go, oh, this part, it just doesn't sit well, or I haven't thought about this yeah. thoroughly or. Yeah. I mean, but I think, I think a lot of people have the same question, you know, the Adam and Eve story. What did that actually look like? You know, what did the, what did the origin of our actual species, human beings, what does that look like? Yeah. You know, I, I would love to. That's a big that's a big deal. You know, the, the, the Genesis story in the Bible is, is um, kind of it's poetic and it's elegant and it's, it's, it's simple and um, beautiful, you know. It, but, but if it's not literal, then what happened, you know? Right. Well, for me, like, I liked how you talked about how the Bible is written. I'm an English teacher, so I like, I like thinking about the Bible that way, right, as, as a story and as a book. But when it comes to the, the questions of... I don't know, like, I don't really need to know an answer. Like, I kind of like that there's a mystery. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then when I can still be compelled by arguments on either side. Um, and um, I love that. And I love talking science and I love hearing um, about genetics and I like hearing those things. But in the end, I don't, I don't really sit and wonder about, about this stuff really. Like, you don't care about the podcast right now at all. This episode. <laughs> no, <I'm, laughs> you have been you largely quiet in the last three sections. I've <laughs> <Yeah>. been tweeting. <laughs> yeah. but, no, I like listening and, and yeah. thinking. And, um, but so yeah. you'll, you'll engage in the conversation, but you're not up at night wondering, boy, yeah, was it 13.5 billion or 6,000 years? I just, no, and, and if I was I in a, know. like a, just happened to be having coffee or a beer with someone who was like, strongly in, in one side or the other, I'd probably engage as the devil's advocate, right? right? Either yeah. way, just because that's, fun. it's enjoyable. It's, I, yeah. and it makes you think. And what if your kid asked you, hmm. you know, probably, probably similar. Like I just encourage, um, an open mind and, and I guess my biases would come through mm-hmm. like that still exists. I do have biases and I think they're pretty consistent or c- comparable to to yours. Yeah. Right. But, um, yeah, I actually look forward to that when, when I get to have those kinds of conversations, I've tried pushing them Mm -hmm. with a three-year-old and a five-year-old. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. doesn't usually last for too long, but yeah. Chris, do you have any, uh, well, sometimes I wonder like, does my, um, thinking of it take, does it rob like God of any of the credit or like, that's kind of more what I would be worried about. Right. Does it take away any, glory from him if if it were this way and i totally don't think it does i actually was looking at um different 
church's responses to this air quotes debate. Um, Mm -hmm. And basically the different denominations and traditions currently um, would are saying that they don't see any uh, problem in, in thinking creation happened through evolution. So right. the Catholic church acknowledges that Lutherans, Presbyterians, so what Christian reform has a churches. problem with it then? Yeah. It appears the ones that I found were typically American evangelical. That would be where the most dissent is right? with the idea. Yeah. More and a more literal translation of the Bible in general. Right. In that tradition. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting too. I, yeah, it is an issue, even how it's talked about with with some people. So that that's really important to be aware of. Guys, I feel like we've sort of um, kind of scratched the surface tonight. Oh, like boy. I love talking about it, but there's, you know, coming in tonight, I had a lot of things I want to talk about and we just don't have time to do more. So I'm sort of going to say it right now. We're going to do a follow-up, I think, about this. Yeah. Maybe in a few episodes. I'd love yeah. to maybe... Maybe a little more of the compelling information that we've learned about. Yeah. Maybe, um, I, I mean, my dream, I would love to have people, if there's a few of you listening to this, let us know questions, yeah. comments, what you believe. Hate mail. Hate mail. We've never received right. hate mail. No, but this. Well, Karina hated my recommendation. Yeah. Karina well, that's, she deserved it. Um, anyway, I think, like, let's just put it, we can just kind of stop for now, I think. Kind of think about it for a while. Right. Um, I really want to keep talking about this, you guys. Like, there's lots more I want to say, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, so this is part one. Yeah, let's call it part one. Episode yeah. two, yeah. season two. Yeah. And and please uh yeah, let us know. I wanna I wanna I wanna know what you guys are thinking. Because I know there's some listeners and I want to hear what they have to say. It's good. If they did want to tell us what they were thinking, how could they get a hold of us? Well, I believe there's an email and Tyler knows what the email is. Yeah. Harmoniousgentleman at gmail.com. Yeah. We also have a Twitter um a Twitter handle at Harmonious Gents. Mm-hmm. And if you want to send pictures of Microevolution at work. You could do that over sure. Instagram. Or go to the Royal Tower Museum and send us some photos there. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, all right, you guys. Thank you again for that. That was a wonderful talk. Uh, let's quickly, before we end our night, confess. <sighs> I got to get one off my chest. Are you ready? I, yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's time. <laughs> Okay, guys. Um, my confession for the week or for the month, I guess, Ooh, month. Um, is connected to my recommendation. Ooh, so if, if you recall, half an hour ago, I talked about Sapporo Ichiban uh, ramen slash noodles slash whatever. And um, my confession is that I am full on addicted once again <laughs> to them. I every night I, I need to I need to make one no matter how big my supper was or what time of night it is. Tyler, I haven't made the gym very much lately, and I'm pretty sure it's because the noodles. Yeah. Because that, I stay up later to eat them. They're just sitting and the there. Sodium and, and the sodium, man. So anyway, my confession is just that, like, I know I need to calm this down, but I calm just keep... <laughs> I was at uh, co-op the other day, and I just grabbed four or five different kinds just, like, quickly behind my wife's back. and. Does she know you're eating them? Oh, she does. Okay. She she tried to like have some last night and I was not that nice to her. <laughs> stabbed I'm like, her I'll make a... you a bowl. Like I'll make you one. <laughs> this one's mine. Stabbed her with a chopstick. <laughs> and the look she gave me was like, you are an addict. And I think. Do you eat it right out of the pot or do you put it into a bowl? Oh, I put it in a bowl. And do you eat yeah. it like soup or I'm do you strain 30s. it? 
Sorry? Do you eat it like a soup? Oh, or do you- I soup. I love the, yeah, the broth. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm getting really good at timing it now. So they're not <laughs> overcooked. I like it. Like I don't eat it quite as often as you, maybe once a month, but yeah. Yeah. But I, w- I didn't eat it for like probably 10 years. How much water are you putting in? Um, I just eyeball it a cup and a half, probably a little less than they recommend. And why did you get back into it? Did you say that? I don't, I think, you know what? I think one night we tried to make like like a fancy ramen dish, you know, like we see on chef's table or whatever it is. Yeah. And we thought we'd kind of do the fancy kind. We bought a few extra. Yeah. And then I did it. I did it. I'm actually kind of like bummed about it. I wish I could stop, but I want to, I'm going to go home and have one. It's probably the salt you're addicted to. (laughs) There's no no mystery here. (laughs) (laughs) Or, but I only use half the packet. Anyway, that's my confession. It is good. I'm not. Thanks for not judging me, guys. Well, you mentioned the gym, and my confession has something to do with the gym. Um, our uh, where we go to work out has uh, limited shower stalls. It has like <laughs> oh, two man. two small kind of uh, shower units. Um, we're barely enough room to get to, to get changed and hang your towel and stuff. Um, but there is one handicap bathroom, and it is luxurious, <laughs> and I try to use it every single time. Uh- <laughs> I'll second like, that. It has the square footage of my house, actually. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's got its own toilet, its own like sink. The yeah. other like the other shower stalls don't. It's just like literally a, a shower stall. So if I want to, like at a camp or something, like a like at a right. campground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, but the handicapped one, it's like I can. But I mean, what is it affording you that the small shower, like you fit in the other one? Yeah, I could, but it it's way water. nicer in the other one. <laughs> like what? <laughs> so it's just for my own for luxury. What are you doing in there? I walk around naked. <laughs> I, <laughs> Yeah, you, you I flex gotta, in front of the mirror. Yeah. I do my hair. Like, Why else do you work out? Oh, so each of your shower stalls is like its own bathroom. Yeah, like you open a door, and then two feet in front of that doorway is the door to the shower. Oh, so there's just like this and tiny one little tiny hook. So it's not like a communal showers. Out. Like no, oh, it's okay. it's just like this tiny closet that you walk into and you can shower. Huh. But the, hand, and the doors but the don't other stay one, closed anymore, so they're always opening while you're in the shower. Yeah. And you can't control the heat, so it's basically scalding hot water. So now, this is my uh, confession is now turning into a recommendation. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> yeah. should just use the handicap Well, I'm worried that like in the, uh, by our next episode, your oh. confession will be, you'll come out of there and there's a person who needs it waiting. Yeah, I, you're a jerk, man. I just get out of there as quick <laughs> as I can. I open the door and bolt for the door. <laughs> okay. I oh, actually, boy. I am actually disappointed in you Tyler because I don't I don't I go to the same gym with you I don't do that like I don't well there's only one right yeah yeah but we're he's in it you keep thinking there's that's true somebody with needs there and it's Tyler <laughs> it's just Tyler every time all right oh, thanks Ty. well I was at a conference this last week and we had an amazing lady lead us in worship she was um I think she's now at the University of Toronto but and leads their choir program and she had us singing these amazing old hymns, and it was just neat harmonies. And then she led us in this little light of mine. Here's my confession. I don't want to use the word hate with that song, <laughs> but I do not like this little light of mine. And I didn't really realize until we're singing it as a group of 300 adults. Yeah. I'm thinking, you could have picked something that I liked much better, but I really dislike this song. And it's, I feel bad saying it. There's a lot more songs you could choose from. That's yeah. no one. Thank you for validating my confession. Let me ask you this: Were there actions? She Hide suggested. Under a bushel. No, people were or doing the. <laughs> don't yeah. let Satan. You know, like, I, you know, it makes sense at Sunday school, but I. Yeah. It's not theologically really deep. 
<laughs> no, it's no. I. The tune is grating. I find like, and it's so repetitive. It's like it, I it felt like a terrible just, person knowing that I hated it while I was singing it. But. Yeah. Hey man, you got to be in a good headspace for that, and that is the headspace of a six-year-old, and you didn't have it, so it's okay. It reminds me of uh, this is a song that never ends. It's got that same <laughs> right. vibe to it, right? Yeah. You know, it, or it's it a small world song. after. Oh it yeah. Ends. Maybe yeah. that's that's it. Those yeah. two songs also don't like. We can agree that it's an old world after all. I don't know about that. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, guys, um, that was a good episode. I had a great time talking with you guys about evolution, and uh, we should talk about it again soon. Um, just one more time, I'm going to just ask that if you would like to contact us, I would love to hear and read your emails at harmoniousgentleman at gmail.com. And, and as a reminder as well, we are on basically every platform that you could ask for. Tyler's cat is attacking my feet <laughs> while I say this, by the way. It really is. <laughs> But um, and it's actually really cool. Like when you're in iTunes, it kind of filters to a bunch of other places. So Spotify, uh, Google Play, anywhere you want podcasts, we're there, which is pretty cool. I'm excited about that. Now, when it comes to ideas for podcasts, though, Chris had an idea. Well, when I was little, I loved choose your own adventure books. And Tyler will agree they don't hold up literarily. But um, is that a word? I wanted to use that one. <laughs> literarily. <laughs> um, we thought, wouldn't it be fun... To have you help us choose our next topic or a, an upcoming topic for the podcast. And here's what you need to do if you want to enter that little contest. Create a haiku that explains a topic you'd like us to cover. Send it to harmoniousgentleman at gmail.com. And we will choose from the myriad examples Yes, a topic that... Maybe we'll have a backlog. Maybe we'll like a whole bunch of them. We'll and we'll, if, if we choose it, we'll read it. On the episode too. For sure. The haiku, yeah. Yeah. Cool. That's a great idea. And then uh, yeah. we'll discuss it. Yeah. Oh, and we also talked about maybe um be cool to get some stickers made. So if you have written the show, um, you may be getting a, a sticker or two coming your way pretty soon. If that interests you. And if it doesn't, <laughs> I don't care. I'm giving it to you anyway. You're going to put it somewhere. Stick them on a friend. Yeah. yeah. All right, guys. I think we're all done, eh? That was fun. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, guys. Um. I don't know what to say. <laughs>